Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio. This is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare and we give our opinions and takes on it and we let you know what they're writing about. And I, we're always anxious to promote local print media here in County Clare and we think here that the local print media should be supported. Delighted to be joined today by some most of our usual panellists. First of all, John S. Kelly. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Good afternoon, Pat. Good afternoon, Jim. We have no David Fleming, uh, unfortunately, today. But fortunately, off the bench again is Luke Fleming. Luke, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. So, uh, let's have a look, I suppose, to start with. Uh, we look at the front pages of the papers. And I suppose, really, the, the one thing that hits us straight away is... Uh, the heading on the Clare Echo, which is really tragic circumstances in Clare Castle. And uh, the, uh, a, a young girl and, and her mother are in um, a critical state and hopefully they will make a recovery. But I suppose all we can do really is, is pass on our, mm. our good wishes to the family and to the Ukrainian community uh, in the Ennister Castle area, Indeed. and hopefully that they can get over this. Yeah, so, it's just, so, it's just really, so it's really sad, sad mm. something like that to happen, and especially when you come away from your own country and, yes. and, and, a, and so a young child as well. And a young child, yeah. The other, looking at the Clare Champion then, the headline in the Clare Champion is, uh, Shannon Heritage Workers Let Down by Budget. And I suppose lots of people have you know, come along the radio over the last few days and said, oh, we've been let down by the budget or the budget was this or that or didn't go far enough. But I suppose Shannon Heritage is something uh, that we have, Pat, we have been talking about. Yeah, I, I, sorry, yeah. Jim, I just put in there. I think it's slightly ironic uh, that less than a week when the Taoiseach was in town and he was asked in relation to, you know, this great line that was there, that uh, they should be getting on with it. Yes, yes. Well, obviously, there's no money to get on with it. No, sorry, but yes. work, work away. <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose um, Shannon Heritage Workers let, let down by budget. I suppose last week, I, I think we, we referred to it in, in, in the paper where, where uh, they were expecting it would be announced in the budget. And, were, and, and by reading on, on the papers last week, they were fairly confident that, uh, that there would be an announcement. But there was no reference at all, Pat. Sure, there wasn't. Well, there was reference. Post. Budget. Oh, no, it wasn't no, done. No, 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 no. And what do you think of that? That's, you know, a serious question. No. Yeah, but uh, somebody must have given given them given them some fairly uh, substantial yeah. uh, news that there would be something in it because the council the paper last week there were uh, references were made that they were confident that the, that they would get the, the money would be announced in the budget. So this was some hiccup or something that has happened in the meantime. Hmm. I I think now there there's a line in this uh, article and it's on yeah. pa page two, uh, and it sort of. It sort of annoys me, and it goes on to, I think, a number of councils' dependence on outside people and consult on this and consult on that rather than getting the lead out of their arse and getting on with stuff, right? A certain amount of it needs to go on. Clare County Council has drafted a 600-page report outlining the extensive due diligence it has undertaken to take on four key visitor attractions. Yes. 600 pages. 
And they've been a lot better off now actually doing it rather than sort of writing about how but great they were Luke, going to do it. I, I take your point, but at the core of it is the question the county council to take on the actual poor do need finance. But why do they need finance? What, look at King John's Castle. Doesn't that need maintenance? Limerick County Council have taken it on. Yeah. And they're up and running with it. They took it, they took it on six months ago. Yeah. These, it wasn't as if it was announced one day that they announced we're getting rid of King John's Castle and six months later they announced we're getting rid of Bunratty and a few other places as well. These were all announced at the same time. I question the uh, people in the council. They might be good at talking about stuff and taking photographs, but it's action is what's needed. And no, I, 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 I question the, the level that they have gone at it by. And a little bit like start saying, put out the begging bowl and we say we need four or five million to look after this. Couldn't they be going at it a little bit more progressively? Luke, Luke, I was on the board of, of the trust, of the Hunt Museum, and so was David. And we're fully alert and aware that uh, one of those four units, that's the Craig and Owen unit, yes. was seriously uh, in debt and continued to be. And were it not for the contribution which the uh, Clare Development uh, put into it yes, in the last 10 years, it wouldn't be open at all. So, I mean, it's currently a loss maker. So you're asking the county council, your county council, to take it on without, in fact, a guarantee of a subvention from the state? I think I don't. Why is it a loss maker? Well, if it is a loss maker, why don't they just close it? I'll give you. Well, wait a minute. You don't close everything, is there? I, I'm, I'm, I'm just putting it out there, John. They have the work going on at, at the, you know, they seem to be making money up at the cliffs. Could That's a different ball game. It's Clare County Council. Could they not potentially use some of the money for that? I, I would refer you to Holy Island. Sure, look at that. Are you going to tell me that their plans to have an interpretive centre out there are, is going to be open by next year? Well, no, it may not be. But, yeah. but that's what a, they're telling you. Take a simple point like, like uh, enhancing the footfall to Craig and Owen, mm. which we all agree is a, a, a desirable um, you know, attraction. A bus can't negotiate the last mile of a road to Craganone. Mm. And to act, because we, we, we took that, we thought we were, you know, uh, doing well to get the, the council to consider what might be, this is before the, uh, the uh, uh, suggested amalgamation round like that, to actually sort out the access problem alone is going to be a costly factor because land will have to be bought, marginal land will have to be bought, margined land will have to be bought in order to get the width, necessary width. I mean, a simple thing like that. You're talking about another million or another two million, maybe three million, maybe five million, to do that. Why should the county council take on the responsibility? Then if they say they don't want to take it on, why don't they just come out and say, we won't take it? That's where your 600 pages come into that. Well, that's what he's saying here. Councillors are told at a recent rural SPC meeting that the council has received positive vibe state, vibe state funding will be provided to facilitate this transfer. Yeah. In fact, rural development director Leonard Cleary said the council had hopefully 
the consular hopefully have an announcement confirming this funding on budget and would be very disappointed if it is let down by the government. If funding isn't approved, Mr. Clear is stressed, this isn't really an option for clear or regional development. Would you agree with that, Pat? Yeah, well, I, I suppose I, yeah, I'd like to see him getting the funding because obviously, obviously the, if they went and, 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 and found out all these problems are there, they, they have to, they'd have to get money somewhere. Yeah. And you'd imagine that, you know, if, as you said, John, above um, Craig and Owen, which I think Craig and Owen could be, could be maybe Mercus a little bit better on, I know, maybe the access and all that. You'd imagine that access and all that wouldn't be a huge problem if the council had it and... and, and, and yeah, mm. actually the, the marketing side of it has been, uh, I think, worked out, do you know? The, yeah. the ideas are there for the marketing. Mm. Yeah. I wonder, like a long-term view is that if, if Bunratty, Craig and Owen, etc., uh, are, no matter who puts in the money to, for yeah. the upkeep of it, I mean, it's going to be a huge boon, and hopefully, potentially anyway, to County Clare. And, you know, that means more income, more income for the county council. Not, nothing I have seen so far gives me any confidence that that will happen. Question for you. Uh, have, we have all read, the council have stated, it's their intention to have the interpretive centre for Holy Island open by the middle of next summer. Can anybody tell me have they got funding for it? I can't tell you. I no. Think. Neither can I. Neither can I. I anyway, my case. okay, we're moving on from one <laughs> bit of bad news to another. Oh, I, haven't, I, haven't got, I haven't got started. <laughs> you, do you think I'm going to give a rant about the council? Uh, I, I, I have another one coming. I'm looking you, at so. page 12 of the Clare Echo here where it says, Shell withdrawal leaves Kilkey in choppy waters. And of course, we have been extolling here in this um, programme the, the potential that the West of Ireland has for clean energy. Um, yeah. But of course, Shell now are the second company that are after pulling out of being involved in this whole area um, due to lack of planning infrastructure. Oh, this, this feels a bit like deja vu all over again. Mm. No, you're on to Go on. You're on to this now. Well, it's basically... I agree with you, by the way, because I heard you before the, 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 yeah. the show started. Yeah, uh, and it's basically uh, Shell were involved in uh, a plan to build a 1.35 gigawatt floating wind farm that was due to be located 35 kilometers off the coast of Kilkee. Yes. Right? yes. Okay, that was the plan. And we said, uh, Park has the article here on page 12 of uh, the Clare Echo. And we said it was originally uh, reported in the Business Post. Uh, the unexpected move by Shell, and it said, could damage Iron's ambitions to achieve an 80% cut in energy emissions. And this is all supposed to happen before 2030, John. Right, yeah. and uh, I'll come back to the wind in a minute. But on page six of the Champion, uh, our local TD, uh, Michael McNamara, yeah. has, uh, I'm going to give you what I consider to be an appropriate quote: "Is there to be an office tasked with training pigs to fly by 2030?" I am genuinely baffled by the disconnect between where we are at and where we hope to get. And this is basically Minister Ryan, who, as everybody knows, is the Green Party, have been in government for over two years at this stage. You know, yeah. they're not in government two months, they're in government over two years, where they should have a chance to be doing stuff. And there is basically, 
a new government office tasked with getting one million electric cars on Irish roads by 2030, which has been described by the local deputy as akin to providing for pigs driving cars. Now, John, how are you with sums? Bad. Well, you'd be a lot better than I am, but I'm going to give you a figure. Say 50,000, right? It's October 2022. There are 50,000 electric cars currently on the road in Ireland. At the moment? At the moment. Seven years, uh, take 50,000 away from a million, and you've 950,000. Yeah. Right, divide that by seven. Yeah. It's about 130,000 yeah, a year. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There's about a, between 100 and 115,000 new cars of any kind sold per year in this country. So these figures are pie in the sky bull. They were pie in the sky bull when he announced them, and they're still pie in the sky. You, if they get to half of it, they'll be doing well. Are you going to tell me that everybody is going to wake up tomorrow and buy an electric car? No. They're too expensive for a start. Absolutely. Mm. But Did people, they have to people be? might want to be. People might want to buy them, and people are getting more into, you know, we'll say that, that side of things and see the advantages that are there from it. But this is like, you know, walking like a duck, talking like a, a duck, and sort of flying like a pig. How can a minister for the environment have any credibility when he sticks by his figures? Mm. When the total number of cars that are going to be sold doesn't even add up to the 950,000 that are needed. Like, get a grip. Be honest with people. This is the type of crap that we're, we're sort of dealing with. And it all goes back to, oh, we'll plan for this, we'll plan for that. There is no planning, no forward planning in this country. The, you know, we'll say the offshore wind, we'll say they didn't form the, the legislation to sort of enact some of what was needed didn't come through except for a few months ago. It was needed three or four years ago. Equinor pulled out, Shell pulled out. Do you not see the trend here? Mm. Businesses sort of say, we're not going hanging around sort of, you know, waiting for them to come in. But I'll give you the solution, John. Uh, and you probably won't like the sound of it. Uh, I said, David definitely might like the sound of it because it would involve taxpayers' money. Mm. Right? Why don't we, the state, the country, form a company to build these? We, why do we need Shell? We're forking out €3 billion Euros for a children's hospital. And why do you think I wouldn't agree with you on that? I didn't say you wouldn't, but I said you might, you might, have, a, you might have opinions. Oh, I have an right. opinion right. very strongly on it. I believe the state should take over uh, energy supply. But yeah. during the week, I'm looking at the Guardian here online, and uh, Sir Keir Starmer, the leader of the British Labour Party, said, Labour will launch Great British Energy, a publicly owned energy company, to run on clean UK power in this first year of government when he gets in and that's in his first year imagine that yeah. and I'd say there's a fair chance that could happen oh, indeed there is yeah. but why not what you're, I mean you've an open door John it yeah. just seems Minister Ryan might be much better at saying you can't do something rather yeah. than saying yeah. what yeah. you can I mean yeah. mm -hmm. you can't burn briquettes or you can't uh, sell turf mm -hmm. um, it's it's I think they're the, the law hanging fruit, so, the from easy option. Yeah, for, for, for our listeners' point of view, uh, can we agree, the four of us, 
I don't know what David Fleming would, would, would say, but... Um, we can say not, what we like while he's not here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the four of us favour state control of energy supply. Is that... Well, we, I mean, I'd, have, I'd be very much towards a large percentage of it being under the control of the state. Yeah. Yes, maybe not the full amount. You need a certain yeah. amount of competition as well. Yeah. And you, you'd, you'd need, you would need investment. And the state shouldn't be lying on its laurels, neither. Now, we have, a few years, we have a few years being optimistic that we will benefit from corporate uh, tax revenue, right? Over well, we're the after, we're after giving away seven billion of it during the week. We are, but I'm, I'm saying that infrastructural commitment using uh, some surplus money anticipated for next year, okay, using that money or a uh, percentage of it to actually move on the wind energy. Uh, are we are we dynamic enough? Uh, have we personnel dynamic enough? We're doing Let's say to gym. get this off the ground. Uh, Why don't we, Jim? Can't we do anything else if we put our minds to it? We can. Looking back get, over the get years, a politician out of it. big difference. Yeah. Looking is. back over the years, where, where state-run companies um, had no these kind of I suppose didn't happen all at once, but over the years the work practices were terrible. Uh, Money was just fired at things. Everything was very, very expensive. Um, this company, and, and I agree it should be formed, um, should, be, should be lean and dynamic. I'll get Michael O'Leary to run it. Yes, that's the kind of person mm. that you need. Mm. He's a good man for creating hot air anyway. He created a bit of wind. You, on, you, on, you on, page, on page in 28. Fairness, in fairness, Dan, I oh, would I, have to say... I'd you, give you, it to him in the morning. Because he would get it done, he'd get it done on time, and there'd be value there. But the concept has to be uh, debated right across the state in order for this to... Otherwise you accused of totalitarianism. You'd wonder with Eamon Ryan in terms about doing it. Uh, look, at, only last year it kind of pulled out of the Irish market, of the Irish wind industry yes. market, because apparently there was a complete lack of ambition to bring in any regulatory and planning reforms required. Yeah. Now you have, you, have, you, have, um, you have Shell pulling out now. Mm. You're so reading there from the Clare Champion. From the Clare Champion. Yeah. So that's the similar. So they, they probably pulled out uh, because of, of that as well. I suppose the one thing we need to do as a country is totally uh, shake up our planning regulations. Absolutely. Because the planning will get in the way of everything. Yes. It will yeah. delay things for donkey's years unless we streamline it so that whatever decisions are made, that they're made quick. Oh, and, oh, okay, and then we're looking at Borb Planola, and they have their own issues going on. Now, I know they came out with two decisions that affect Clare during the week, one of which refers to wind, and as have predicted, the turbine in Partine was granted retention. Mm. You know, and Did that surprise you? Didn't surprise me. Because in expectation, did you think that they would get retention? No, I, I don't know. I thought they would get retention, but, you know, it, it's... John, it's, you see, this is all... Um, it's all well and good protesting four or five years after the fact. When it, what it boils down to is the, the location of it was moved, I think, less than 50 metres. Right. Okay. 
So no, less than 50, that's 150 feet. It's not that far. If it was moved 500 yards, possibly. But less than 50 meters. And it went up, the planning was granted. No one objected to it at the time. No one took it to board Planall at the time. That's when the opportunity was there for people to do so. It's a little bit like the, the uh, plans that are currently before board Planall for the wind farm over what I brought for you know, Ogunlo and Tugrani. That's before Fort Penal as well, and maybe they come up with a decision before that. But I see Claire Collin Malloy writing on, on uh, page 28, uh, Green Claire there in the Echo. Uh, she has a pertinent point. If we look to our neighbours in Scotland and England, they're way further down the line in that offshore energy. Moreover, it would be such a positive for our economy as it was projected we'd become net exporters of energy. Yeah. This is an open goal staring you in the face. And we so will, what we'll do we do? do, we'll, mean, do we'll do sweet, we'll do we do. sweet FA yeah. about it. No, no. Right? No, no, we're a democracy. We will do nothing about it. Because there are the... What are it, you going to do about it? What should we do, citizen? I suppose, but, is the yes. question. I, I, I'd say <clears throat> any uh, politician that comes knocking on the door come council or election time, next time is going to, they're going to get it in between the years to see what, what are they doing. But can't we do it now? Oh, yeah. Not, you, not, you, a, not at all waiting until yeah. the next... Well, I, I think maybe we could set up... Um, we might set up a programme or two on the radio and get a few experts involved and sort of uh, have a chat and a debate about it. That could be an idea. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you could, you could pose, pose a question uh, to get the, the debate going. <coughs> what should we, as a liberal democracy, what should we do in relation to ownership of yeah. energy supply. This time last year, John, Money Point was going to be closed. Yeah. This time two years ago, Money Point was going to be closed. Uh, no LNG plants coming in. Mm. They're now coming out, and Eamon Ryan seems to have, I won't say he's, he's done a U-turn, but he's maybe gone a little bit sideways and said, yeah. we might need LNG. And the question being, it's going to take 10 years mm to get it. Mm. What are we doing in the interim? Nothing. What mm. were we doing for the last five years, this whole thing with money point? So it's still the question, my question still stands, what should we do as citizens well, we of the state a that has the potential to be a major exporter of green energy? I suppose we need to do what Keir Starmer says, promises to do. Yeah. And that is set up a a company which would be, which would take this forward for the state. The, the vehicle, mm -hmm. the company that would be a vehicle yes. for delivery of But of you'd ownership. have to give them, you know, they'd have to be, I use the word again, dynamic. Mm -hmm. You'd have to give them the power to, to go and do, do it. You'd have to give them the money to, of course. Of course you? you would, yes. Mm -hmm. But the money, if things, you know, we're, we're looking down the road and we're seeing clean energy, wind energy, wave energy, mm. the money's going to come back. This isn't, John, this isn't throwing money at something like the M50, right? Where you build it and it's physically there and it needs to be maintained, mm. which costs money. This is basically throwing a few billion euros to get infrastructure in place that will generate income <laughs> for years. Mm. That's what it boils down to. One of the problems, I think, yeah. 
I'm just wondering, Luke, if, if you'd agree with me, is no one seems to be talking about this. Correct. That's, it. that's, that's exactly that, what that, gets me. Yeah. We're the only ones talking about that's it right. on any radio. And the other, the other article in the, in, in the media. Yes. Yeah, but you have the whole thing, we'll say, in relation to it. It's a, a little bit like people don't know enough about it. They're not yeah. educated yeah. enough. They look at sort of, uh, you look at what has happened with onshore, you know, wind farms, yeah. right? And in, uh, where are they generally built? In rural areas. What rural people have gained, say, either financially or in any other way out of them? Very little. There's well, been very little thought or effort put into that. You know, as I said, uh, you know, if, if areas could sort of have their own scheme, and you know, the, the, the lads in uh, Spansel Hill uh, were looking at a potential that if they put up two turbines, if they had money to do yeah. it, they could put up turbines, and that benefit would go back to the local do you know, people. By the way, in the last fortnight, the fishermen's co-op in Killybakes. I don't know whether you've come across this in, in the media or not, but the Killybakes Fishing Cooperative, reflecting on the reality that wind farms were going to be up in the ocean, okay, not too far off Killybegs, uh, decided we will become involved. And they have entered into an agreement with developers which will give them a 50% ownership of the proposed wind farm, as well as constant involvement in the initial design and both onshore and offshore. Now this was, I thought, a fascinating, and they made an appeal, the chair of, the, of, of it, interviewed of course, made an appeal to other fishing groups around the shores of our, of our country to realise that wind farms are going to be, happen, even if there's objection. Hmm. Do you know, it's a question we're asking, why should we not do then? Something like what the actual fishermen's co-op in Killy Bates have a stake in it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But this is, the thing with it, John, is people need to be educated to the point of view that, in the majority of cases, you or I or anybody that, for argument's sake, that's up in Kilkee Beach or La Hinch or anything mm. like that, mm. we're not going to be looking out, looking at turbines fifty feet away. They're going to be. 20, 30 kilometres beyond the horizon, practically. Close, uh, in, in a lot of cases, yeah. that's where they're going to be. Mm. So, now, I'm sure there will be some wildlife issues out there, I'll address it. But I would, I, I would put it to you what's the alternative that exists at the moment? You or I go to a, a petrol station and we fill up with petrol or diesel. Where does that come from? It's been imported into the country from... Some of it is nuclear, some of it is... Well, well no, no, petrol or diesel, yeah. where does it come from? It's coming oh, sorry. from under the ground. Yeah, yeah, but it's a fossil fuel. But where, yeah. where is it physically coming from? Could be coming from the Middle East or America. Mm. It's how, you know, there's the cost to refine it, there's the cost to transport it, there's the cost to move it, and then you said that there's the cost, was, uh, the of, cost burning of, it. of burning it. But you have the cost... The health costs that are associated with that. Yeah. Yeah. We all you know, breathing in fumes and everything else like that. Could I just say, uh, uh, in addition to the, the argument, Shell are pulling out. They've said that, isn't that right? Yeah, of this thing. Yeah. Now, they're still at the same time hoping to be able to um, manipulate the carob field, 
Okay. Well, I think Shell don't own it anymore, no. John. I think they sold it on. Did they sell all of it? As far as I'm aware, yeah. But, but there, there is potential there, yeah. except the country has decided that we're not giving out any more uh, uh, licenses for perspective. Yeah. That was a decision made years ago. Now, yeah. you can argue the whole thing with it, that it, what could come quicker? For argument's sake, if, if they put a few oil rigs or gas rigs out near where the, where the, uh, uh, the, you know, where the gas field is there, they have a better chance of finding there than sort of, you know, just picking a spot and saying, we'll, we'll go here, there, mm. or everywhere. Mm. If they were given an opportunity, and if, if it was to be done, John, I would insist that the state gets 50% of the profits rather than selling away licenses for oh, a sort of 50, uh, absolutely. 50 million absolutely. like we did. Norwegian government did well yeah. in that whole yeah. you know, um, system that they evolved. Yeah, but Scotland is doing the same job. Yeah. They're using the money that they have off from the North Sea and Scotland is one of the biggest uh, people involved in wind energy. Mm -hmm. And the irony of it being, Pat, you alluded to it earlier, as it stands at the minute, another great example of lack of foresight, lack of planning in this country, there is nowhere in the Republic that has the capability to manufacture mm. uh, turbines. Turbines, yeah. Mm. We'd overcome that, of course, if, if we decided to do the major... If we got going. Well, but Eamon Ryan was there in the door. Eamon Ryan was, was post him going to the door. Oh, he said, um, we'd be expecting the companies to, the companies to come in would... would, would yeah. would put these uh, facilities in place. But of course they'd want all the profits then. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But, Pat, yeah. you're just looking there on page 11 of the Clare Champion. Yeah, there's a... There's you a, have some suggestions perhaps. There's a fine, there's a fine article here on, on a full page uh, for our listeners um, in the Clare Champion. It's on the Clare Champion. Uh, it, and there's a lady here, uh, Bridget Guinnessy, and she's providing a full page of, uh, of how to, to, to spare your, your energy costs and your... Uh, yeah. Or, uh, your electricity in, in all the lighting and heating and hot water and entertainment and your television and, uh, and kitchen and, and the laundry and, and she she lists here there's a um, she lists all the, the various um, uh, your tumble dryer and your iron and your dishwasher and all that and the, the amount it costs yeah. to do so yeah. it, is a, it, is a, it is a very good page of, of, is, of, yeah. of stuff yeah. uh, there's just one here John <laughs> Might be a bit of interest. Showers are a major use of hot water. Are you the basic... think I need showers more frequently? <laughs> Where can you hear it, John? <laughs> the basic shower without uh, luxurating under the, the hot flow uses around one unit of electricity. How much is that? <laughs> I don't know what the cost is. cents, I'd say no. Our waste ways to save are to reduce the time, the pressure, and the temperature. Yeah. And you could consider sharing a shower, but you may be tempted to spend longer in it. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of that? Well, John, you, you generally have opinions on most things. Indeed, I, I would be all in favour of a walk into the shower and out. Yeah. No? Either a, one or two. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, listen, we're, we've got really, I suppose, we've spent uh, the first half of the show talking about it, but it is a very, very important issue, and um, we, we have our own opinions on it. Are we going to push it? I think we should push it, absolutely, but if anyone just, will listen. Just one, just one for you uh, before we go. Um, there's stats here. There's roughly one and a half million households in the country, right? And Electric Ireland made profits, or that they gave back to the state, of 350 million mm -hmm. last year. That's 233 euros per household. 
do they need to be making that amount of money? What, what's it been reinvested into? I don't see very much return on it. Well, we're in agreement, lads, as we leave it for today. Uh, we're in agreement that the state must become involved directly in the, in the control oh, yeah. of the supply of energy. Yeah. Well, that's launch party, John. I see, I see. Well, uh, would you, would you, I, in fact, I, for the world, I mean, Luke, on that very point, do you think, isn't it surprising that no individual citizen proffers himself or herself for election based solely on this issue mm. and is willing to tramp the, high, the highways and byways to get support. Mm. Now, a job the media can do is to prepare the people for that by, you know, pushing yeah, information yeah. supply. You mentioned it earlier, mm. Luke. Mm. And it Shortage could be, of information. I mean, it could have a huge bearing on, on the future wealth of our country. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Number one. I see Borgash, just before we finish, Borgash put up their uh, electricity during the week. Yeah. Now they're advertising, they have, they have ads on the media and television uh, proclaiming this, all their, their, um, all their, their electricity is generated by, by 100% renewables. Renewable energy. Yeah. So uh, st still they can they can they can put up their, their prices and, and still it's you know, it's not affected if they if they're on a hundred percent renewable energy. Because I think electricity have prices have are linked to gas prices. Why they yes. put it up? Yeah, which, yes. which, which is that's something that needs to be looked at. Yeah. The linkage? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that the European Commission are looking at that, but when that's gonna change is Mm. Well, I can imagine it should change. Pat, I think just we've had a lot of hot air today. <laughs> I know that's very important. It is very important. Yeah, it I, is I, I, need, I need to be sent back to the bench. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Any, we, we need a bit of music to sort of lighten it or to re-energise us. This one, this one will make us, a bit, make us very hot. Bruce Springsteen, he was 73 last week and what about I'm on fire. Okay. Maybe we'll refer that to Luke. Perfect. We'll, we'll have a go with Bruce. back you're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio and that was the boss himself uh, singing there uh, courtesy of Pat O'Brien I suppose when we just start uh, the, the second half in case we forget it afterwards this coming week John uh, there's a history talk in the library in Scarif well that's indeed it's the first of the winter conversation evening this week and this is, isn't next week, History Week. And um, Dr. David Fleming, our colleague. Absent uh, colleague, absent this, colleague evening. this evening. 
uh, will be giving, sharing insights into the whole question of how you will actually uh, do a bit of family tracing. And uh, it's amazing uh, what kind of aids are, are really out there. And he will be identifying those for us. And uh, it'll last for approximately one hour and everybody, everybody is welcome. And it would be also a particular uh, interest and value to uh, leaving our students or, or intermediate our students because he can address uh, at a medium suit suitable for younger audience as well as people like ourselves. Okay, okay. so on, that's on this Tuesday night at what time? In the library at half seven. seven Come 30. a few minutes earlier to, yeah, and the radio will be, will be of course, it's, it's sponsored by the library and, um, and the radio. And David and yourself will be signing autographs afterwards. Yes. Yes. <laughs> David will be signing, <laughs> no charge. <laughs> okay, also featured uh, this week on, I think on, on page six in the Care Champion, uh, and maybe in the, the echo as well under the Tulla uh, special on Tulla in the in the care. Yeah, I, I think that we, that we could we could spend the whole uh, second half of the show talking about the Tulla special. Tulla. That's it. That's in the uh, echo uh, in the echo. But yeah, uh, we'll give the champion a bit of due there as well. Yeah. So a, show, a show about saying that's going to be broadcast shortly after this show, John, yes. with, uh, uh, where Pat went over and spoke to quite a lot of people and got the the whole the whole news on it. But basically, there's a nice picture there on, on the champion with uh, Siobhan O'Reilly from the council, Breda McNamara, chairperson, Knuck Naguiha, uh, the minister, Heather Humphreys, uh, councillor, Tony O'Brien, of course, the mayor, uh, Bernadette Hock, Cahir of Clare County Council, and Frank Whelan, regional officer of Kyoto's Call, Tory Airing. Basically, uh, a performance space and auditorium, uh, we'll say, at Knuck Naguiha, which I think, uh, Pat, you said can accommodate somewhere around 100, 120 people? Yeah, they have a lovely, they have a lovely auditorium inside for, um, for concerts and for, I think there's actually a set dancing in the weekend and there's a concert there this weekend as well. Um, in a, uh, it's a beautifully, beautifully, beautiful place. It's absolutely fantastic now to look at it. And um, they have a lovely front area where they're going to have a bear and, and yeah. area. And, um, then you have the auditorium inside for, for functions. Well, would it be fair to say, Pat, it's like a smaller version of Glore? It's that concept. Is it, it is, it is. Yeah. 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 Of Glore. Yeah. Of Glore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, mm. that, that's the concept, just an, an auditorium space. It, you, have, you have four, you have, you have one in Kilrush, you have Innes Simon, and you have the, the, the place in Innes, uh, and this, this is the fourth one in the county, Tulla. Uh, Yourself yeah. and Dara covered it uh, last yeah, weekend. Yeah, myself and Dara was up there uh, yeah, last weekend and we, we covered it. And, and it you were impressed with it? It was a, it was a huge crowd there, a fine crowd and, uh, around our locals. And uh, you had other politicians there and you had um, the usual and the minister, Heather Humphreys. And, uh, it's a fabulous facility, yeah. Okay. And we got in time, the minister was there on time, 10.30. Yeah, and nearly started to the date. All the talking and was over by half eleven. And the, we, we, we got around to speaking to a few people then after that. Excellent. It's so marvellous we'll, now, yeah. It'll yeah, be yeah. on at four o'clock this afternoon, so we look forward to... Uh, and uh, we're invited over to, to have maybe a Saturday chronicle over there in the, in the near future. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yes. Lovely. Uh, I suppose just to mention as well, we, we spoke about history a moment ago, uh, the Schlievati Journal, um, edited by Germ Madden, the 18th journal that has been... Uh, launched, John. Yes, and it has been, I've read it, 
it's a fine piece of work as you expect and it's available in braids or from Jer himself in braid but Murray Ban I think is as as a for sale as well lovely very good at so 15 euro hopefully that will will go well yeah um again uh, just looking at the various things so color yeah, I, before we go, go on totally okay. to our own thing, uh, John, uh, Jim, there are two things. Uh, Blake's Corner, we said eventually Board Planola have come up with a, a decision and uh, I think uh, the council will be in a position to uh, uh, go ahead with the CPO, the Compulsory Purchase Order, we'll say to do it. Porrick writes about it on page yeah. 8 of the Echo. That's going to go ahead and it's in it's in the champion as well. And on page 2 of the Echo, a man, mm. another man that uh, Pat uh, was uh, visiting lately, uh, Willie Daly, honoured by the US Senate, no less. What was the honour? Well, I think he was a bit surprised uh, and excited himself. He got recognition from the US government. Um, We'll say, a special presentation from the US government to honour the Clareman as the last traditional matchmaker in Ireland. Mm. So. Some claim, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And of course, he features on Scariff Bay Community Radio because uh, Pat O'Brien, you went up there yourself and uh, our other colleague, David Fleming, and uh, you put together uh, a show a based show, yeah. on your travels around Listoon. Yeah, we had a very enjoyable day up, up Jim, up in Listoon, and uh, we had a big chat with Willie. And um, actually, he's, everyone knows Willie Daly, and he's, you know, and we actually met him in Spencer Hill as well earlier in the year. Is he doing business? At the fair. Is he doing business? Well, he was there. He had the, he had his big book there under his arm, and uh, yeah. you know, people. There was people chatting to him. I, uh, I see people there chatting to him, and he. Was opening the book and getting out. He'd remind you, John, of Eamon Andrews with "This Is Your Life." <laughs> he he guarded that book with his life. Yeah, and nobody well, gets a look at it. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it, it's a thick. There's a few volumes. There's a few volumes to it, yeah. yeah. You couldn't get even a, a little snippet of a photograph. <laughs> no, and I mean the same day, uh, Anita did her show live from. Uh, from this tune, a yes. show you can listen to back on podcast. Yeah. And she spoke at length to him. Yes. But uh, no, even Anita couldn't um, prize the book away yeah. from him. <laughs> she got a photograph beside it, but oh, uh, beside not, not of it. So, yeah. Yeah. so he's still functioning, Jim. Very much so. Oh, very much oh, so. Very very much so. Yeah. We, we met him also in Spansill Hill, Pat. Were there, an, were there any people uh, intruding on your uh, conversation with him? I mean, were people looking for him? Well, there was a few Apart people. Apart from nosy media people, <laughs> there was a few people around around at the time, and they were um, they were kind of chatting to him, and they were talking to us. He was talking to us as well, and he yeah. was talking to them as well. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it was, was, was mid afternoon, John. I'd say his services are probably as the evening goes on, they may be more valuable. <laughs> I, I, I would think, but we should we should move on, Jim. Yeah, looking at uh, again focusing on East Clare on page three of the living section of the Clare Champion. Uh, there's a fabulous photograph there and a little piece about uh, an East Clare artist, Ian Kelly from Scarif. And Ian, uh, who's... Uh, it's, he, he, the sculpture, which is made from bog oak, uh, is entitled uh, Pulse. And it's available, or it's, it's to be seen, at Glore in Ennis. And it'll be there for several weeks uh, through the autumn and into early winter. Uh, Ian would have created a lot of... Uh, of pieces over the years in terms of uh, of bog oak, but um, 
it's a fabulous looking piece there if you're looking at it, Pat. Oh yeah, it is a fab fabulous piece. I was, I, I, uh, the minute I opened the paper, I, I realised who it was, and uh, it's actually actually an unusual piece of a piece of work. Yeah, and, and it's for um, sale uh, as well. It's it's on exhibition there. It's on exhibition but in Glow, it is yeah. for sale. Mm. So it's a, it's a long time since Ian Kelly and I used to um, used to converse through the early hours of the morning on CB radio oh, yeah. um, many many years ago. But uh, the fabulous artist and. Uh, the, his work is there and to be seen. Yeah, Ian is delighted with his team at Glow as, as they uh, at Glow. They said they would display the piece particularly as, as the inner centre is one of the most sought after venues to show artwork and play. Pulse will be on display until November. Meanwhile, Ian is also putting the finishing touches to a commission for Scarf Community College. The sculptural trophy will go to the winners of the Ethno O'Brien Annual Awards for Creative Writing, which is at a flinching stage. So, so that's excellent. We're making the best of luck, actually. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I, I suppose uh, while we're continuing the East Clare Vein, John uh, and Jim and Pat, page nine in the Clare Champion, uh, there are two lovely photographs from the other John Kelly, uh, not the one currently in the room. Forest Workshop Beats uh, Back to School Blues and Flagmount, uh, which is a programme that uh, Carl and uh, Geraldine on the Saturday Chronicle have covered. And uh, there's a picture there, we'll say, of uh, Marina uh, Levitina, we'll say, who is the tutor, discussing the nature of the forest floor with pupils of Flagmount National School who are taking part in the Forest School Initiative as part of Heritage in Schools. I, all I could say is we had nothing like that back in our day, and I think it's a great idea. Excellent. It is fabulous. Very yeah. forward-thinking. It is, yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. mm. yeah. I remember um, going to school um, down here, and Paul, Paul McMahon was teaching us on science, and he was bringing us down to the Wood. Yeah. And she was all the different weeds. I remember narrow-leaf plantain and broad-leaf plantain and all, yeah. those, all those things. Yeah. The only time you got into the forest in school was when you started mitching past. And you had a day in the forest until it was time to go home again. I think we should move on to page 13. 13. <laughs> of, well, the, of the chapter. Okay, page 13, which is the East Clare page, uh, Dan Danaher and Fiona McGarry, and they have the number. Uh, the, the top... Um, See, Santa is going to bring a, a car park. Santa's going to bring a car park to Scarlet for at least... It's going to be ready before he arrives, yeah, so yeah, when he can he can park there on Christmas Eve. The, and, the, uh, the, the planning process. It's only be the planning process, Jim. Yeah, the skeptic also, in me will. Also, high school no will go through the planning process before the end of the year. Yeah. It's only the planning process. The so skeptic in me will will question <laughs> what, you, what year Santa is going to see it. Santa Claus could have come and gone another year before. Well, they 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 say that. The hope is that they'll be voting on the application before Santa arrives, mm -hmm. rather than the yeah. car park will be available for Santa. Mm -hmm. yeah. But at least, you know, it's... It's, it's moving anyway. It's yeah. moving. Hopefully yeah. it'll stay there. All these concepts of most, most fairly slowly. Construction of social yeah. housing scheme to begin by the end of the year. Now right? that's, that's uh, down beside the mart. Yeah, on the Fecal mm, Road. On the Fecal Road, yeah. And that's long delayed as well. Yeah. Uh, ran into various and the difficulties and there are a number of other things depend you know waiting yeah. for that to happen like some of the looped walks yeah, around just, Scarif would be going through that area and they're slightly at a, a standstill on were the you room. at the meeting with the, the councillors 
in relation to this? Yes. Not recently, no. Yeah. Mm. And it's gone up. It's gone up a million since it was first introduced. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. five to six million. That's two hundred fifty thousand per unit cost of a two bedroom home. Yeah. See, that's that's pretty expensive, isn't it? Yes. Which that's where the prices have gone, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Isn't it? It mm. is. It is. Mm. But uh, hopefully, anyway, um, because the the heart or the of any town or village or parish are the people who live and there. Just so we, we want more people living in, in all our villages. Let's inspect there to an ethical gym and just refer to the, uh, a woman down in, in O'Brien's Bridge. Uh, she, she had a, a lovely bungalow and she, she rented it out to some people and they, 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 they left, uh, she, she left it a bit of 12,000 because they, she, she, yeah, they, they just left it uh, with the photograph it, of, of, of the... Uh, if you read the article, it's, it's fairly, you know, and this woman is in, is in her 80s. Yeah. So of course it's those type of people that you, you would say about, about people renting houses and there'd be a lot of, 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 of stuff mm. written about people that rent out places. When you, when you, see, when you read this article, you'll be, you'll be yeah. wondering, you know? Yeah, and there are so many people now are pulling out of the, the, rental, the market. rental market. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, looking at again uh, Killaloo, uh, Tennessee's Wesley serves serving smiles to help lighten the load in refugee camps. And again, Killaloo tennis coach, and his name is uh, Wesley O'Brien, and uh, he has a Hit and Hope program uh, in in a third country, which included one in Turkey, two in Greece, and one in Bosnia. So that you can read all about him again on the Clare Champion on. Page 13. Yeah, and if you want to contribute to it, there, there's a, a website. Uh, you can uh, go to idonate.ie and look for Hit and Hope. Hit and Hope. Yeah. Good. Again, with Killaloo, um, the Killaloo cleaning up. Clean up is on the agenda where they're um, to clean the place in Killaloo and pick litter and all that kind of I thing. I suppose that'll be part yes. of the, the, the group that they have recently set up down there as well. Their community right? council. The community council, I mm. presume they'll be. Uh, looking to liaise in relation to that. We wish them a good luck with it, because I know they have the ESB in Waterways Ireland will say to deal with down there as well. I, I, you, you talk about building starting in Scarif, uh, their earlier gym, but there's concern over delay to works on an old building, we'll say in the graveyard as well. Fiona has an article on it there. Uh, uh, the, anybody that sort of uh, travels from Scarif out to Mount Shannon can't but fail to see the scaffolding that's out at the cemetery in Mino. Yeah. and. This basically looks like a lack of money. Yeah. Hmm. One of the things which caused a bit of a problem there, Jim, some years ago, I think it was when we were in the community council, was that mosses had grown in between the, the stones, thus weakening the grip. Okay? And there was a fear, and this is, how many years ago was that? 30 years ago, hmm. wasn't it? That's right. And remember, we got the, we did, had a cleaning job done we took, I wonder, did we take chances, do you know, in doing it without specialist, uh, specialist advice? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's an interesting, it's, it's just the gable end of the yes. wall. I mean, yes. that's been in ruins since, since Cromwellian Crumb times. Island, yes. um, but there's actually two very interesting lancet windows mm. in, in that. Um, tall, narrow windows. Yes. Um, which you know, which I think are worth keeping because they've been there since yes. the Middle Ages. Yes, and um, it's it's something that you know mm. people in, in this area worship there for of a course. long, long time. Part of our heritage. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. So Glasshouse yeah. glass and Symbol, Jim, is going to in Tenants' Cathedral, there's just an ad there in the corner, and I had it advertised there on, on radio during the week, and um, this group is mostly very, very, very well known and very good. And um, it's on in, in uh, it's on in St. Clemens Cathedral, which is a lovely venue, on Friday the 7th of October, and tickets are £15 from event price. One of the and, things, yes, no. I just want, one of the things we need to, to cover before we finish is uh, Tulla in Focus, which which has several pages in the Care Champion, or in the Care Echo. Yeah, I, I, I presume there's a certain amount of advertising in it, we'll say, as well, but it, it's, there's eight pages, and it's uh, very, very well done, in my opinion. Porik, I, I presume, is responsible for putting a lot of the, the words together, but some, lo some lovely photographs, and some lovely photographs of a venue that's close to your hearts. Uh, not so much mine, but I will appreciate it all the same. You love the cups of tea that we get I, I, yeah. I I'm not opposed to getting a cup of tea there, but I, I, I will be the first to say that uh, the new stand that we'll say they have built, uh, Tulla GEA have built, is a fabulous uh, building. And it's not just a stand, it's a building. Could I make a, you an observation to... about the stand, Luke? Yes, John. Uh, that is not a criticism by any means, because the pages are full of optimism and, you know, uh, tremendous visions in, in the community. But I was at the match on, on Sunday, and the absence of a rail going up the yeah. passage, and, yeah. you know, You're right. yeah. I couldn't chance. Yeah. Uh, and there'd be a lot of people my age, okay, around. And all it would require would be uh, a rail and a centre, mm. and centre and the steps. Yes, yeah. and mm. so that you could use it as a balancing. I say that as well for more yeah, people. Yeah. Older people, yeah, yeah, yeah you're I, right. I'm sure it's something that will be considered. John, I would imagine I, so. I know there's a few little bits that are still left to be done in it. Yeah, we'll, we'll say you're that. right, John. Yeah, I see I that think as well. I think this article. I mean, mm. it's it's a it's blueprint fabulous. for for any uh, town or village in Clare you know, how they should present themselves. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it just sort of, you know, it sort of shows you, and we, we've alluded to it before, Tulla is where it's at in East Clare, mm. you know, right. with yeah. the amount of housing that has been built, yeah. you know, the facilities that are going in, you know, we say there, it's re referred there to again on page 33, Canuck mm. Nguiha preserving Kyoto's tradition of Tulla, you know. Then you, you go back to the page before, East Clare Fitness bulk up a new Tulla expansion, and where are they? In the stand at Tulla, yeah. you know, Natasha Belton has done and of lovely photographs there. Overlook the article on Beckman Coulter. No, yes. it is. Yeah, great philosophy there, isn't there? Yeah, there's a exactly. But as you you look at it, five hundred and fifty people. Mm. They don't even they don't use the word workers, you know. Yeah, but and it, they have they have bees there. They have eighty thousand bees on site. Yeah. Mm. I think we talked about the amount of land that was listed there last week. So, uh, yeah. uh, uh, is it eighty-five hectares or something? Yeah. Yes. Hectares, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So it is. Uh, you know, it's really it's well worth uh, getting the echo to read about Tala yeah. this week in yeah. in the Clare Channel yeah. or in the Clare Echo. Which is marvelous. The, the amount of, of, of stuff they have. They have their own water as well. They, they, yeah. And they, you know they're. they're they're, um, they're doing it uh, in the right way as well, you know. Yeah. Okay. David, David Sullivan, he's not the, he's not the camogie fellow, is he? No? I don't think so. No, no. I don't think so. Jim, you wanted to, you, not, not camogie, but you wanted to finish with uh, talk, referring to hurling. Well, I suppose there's a few aspects about, about hurling. <laughs> I suppose that the more serious one is 
the fact that in well it's not just hurling in two places one GA in Cusick Park one soccer that uh, young men were left for a long time without proper well I won't say medical attention but the the ambulance just took so long to uh, to arrive uh, both I think broken legs were broken, yeah. you know mm, and most unfortunate to happen but mm. then to have to be allowed you know left lying on the pitch waiting yes. It's um, it's simply not good enough. The answer? The answer would be a proper um, ambulance service to start. Is um, it again money a question a factor again? It is, but I mean, James, if we can't look after our health by having ambulance arrive at a, in a reasonable time, mm. um, what are we yeah, doing? Tell me, uh, Luke, does the John's um, uh, St John's ambulance service is that still? They, st they are still working to the best of my ability, but they don't have too much in the lines of transportation. Now, there is one thing that you could say that for the majority of incidents and sport is a, con you know, contact sports incidents do happen. A lot of the incidents uh, take head injuries out of it, I'm not referring to head injuries, but are generally bones that are broken. They're, they're not, it's not critical, critical, you know. You would be able to move a patient, but with a bit of expertise, Maybe, so, you know, yeah. it, you wouldn't need to provide, have the, a full capability of a, what you'd class as a normal ambulance crew, mm -hmm. but just a crew that, a little bit like the specialist unit that's now inside in uh, Ennis County Hospital. They won't, you can't uh, have an A&E yeah. or 24 hour there, but you can sort of get, you can look, go to breaks. 40 years, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, I'm not joking when I say 60 years ago, uh, when I was a, a, a sportsman myself, we always had an ambulance on in the grounds. Yeah, usually the Red Cross. Always. Red Cross. The Red Cross. John's yeah. ambulance. So yeah. how do you make it out? It's not, it's not great. Not, no. No, pro, no progress. And I suppose, Jim, the other point you had was that a, a man that managed to score 4-12 and not make team of the week. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And yes. We, and you, I think you should finish up on that note. I think yeah. Mark <laughs> Rogers, who, who scored 4-12 last week, uh, in the Scarif versus Smith O'Brien's game, um, not making the uh, team of the week in the Clare Championship. Jim, who was street. the last man to leave the dressing room? Yes. Mark Rogers. What was he doing? He was sweeping up and gathering up to leave it the way it, they got it when they came in. You have a quick, and this is the last thing we'll have, you, you, a piece of prose that you enjoyed written on the, um, the Scarif game. On the Scarf yeah. game. I think ah, the, well, that's, the author was Derek Dormer. Derek Dormer. You yeah. enjoyed reading his account. I, I did indeed, but I, I would need more. 40 minutes after scoring an incredible 4-12, who was the last man to leave the Scarf dressing room in Tulla? Mark Rogers. What was he doing? He was sweeping the dressing room to make sure it was left in the condition it was found. That says, uh, that says it all about this young player Really, simply put, Rogers is a class personified. Okay, I think we there need to are. finish up. Have Can we time for music to finish? About 20 seconds. 20, so, Pat, what have you, what do we sign out on? We'll, we'll, we sign out on, um, well, Charles, and take these chains from my health. Okay, thanks to John, to Pat, to Luke. Uh, we look to talk to you next week at Group Talk. God bless, bye-bye. Take these chains from my heart and set me Take these chains from my heart 
and set me free. 